Hello and welcome to Jonesing for Justice, your fix for legal news, information, and entertainment. Are you enjoying Jonesing for Justice? Do you want to hear about more curious legal cases? Ones that are fun, interesting, different, and unique? Do me a favor. Click subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast so that you will get updated every time we upload a new episode. And by all means, please reach out to us on our page. We'd love to hear from you. So... To be an American is to know all sorts of things about curious cases involving sexual assault. It's never good. It's never, never good. But today we're going to talk about some cases that are even more interesting, not only because of the assault, but sometimes because of the fame that's involved, but not just the fame, because of the weird and unusual, peculiar situations uh, surrounding these allegations. So we're going to get started. So let's talk about uh, some things that are hmm, interesting. Let's begin with Michael Jackson, because the Finding Neverland documentary is gaining traction every day as we speak. And the subject of Michael Jackson as a possible pedophile childhood sexual abuser has come up again and again and again. And let me say, it's horrific to me. It's horrific because I love Michael. I love Michael Jackson. I'm talking, I had a choreographed dance to his uh, his albums, including Human Nature and, and all those things. I mean, Thriller was phenomenal. It was, it was the seminal piece of my childhood. I don't know. Uh, but we've heard rumors for a long time about Michael Jackson as a possible predator uh, for children. Now, if you're like me, you've always thought of Michael as someone who was much more childlike than child predator. And you get it. We've heard, especially as I was growing up and I was younger, and there's only so much that people talk about uh, with these sort of things. We've heard that Michael had a difficult childhood, that he was forced to perform on cue all the time, and that he didn't get to play. And that is the reason why um, Michael was always around children, that he loved children, that he wanted to recreate his childhood, that he thought of them in a childlike way, and there was no way possible that Michael could have been involved in sexual exploitation of children. Now, obviously, fast forward a few years, um, and I was a little older then, and there was a lot of talk about Michael Jackson possibly sexually exploiting children. In fact, the talk was so serious that there was ultimately even a trial. There were cases where apparently he had paid people off. And as an attorney, that doesn't mean anything to me because sometimes it's cheaper to pay someone a little bit of money, especially if it's a BS case and they'll go away, than it is to prepare multiple lawyers to spend hundreds and then, you know, possibly thousands of hours on your case. And if you were a big celebrity, I mean, honestly, I'd have to almost shut down my practice and devote um, the entirety of my practice to working for that celebrity because of all the things that go along with it, not only the importance of it, but the fact that there's press involved and there's, you know, constant contact and difficulty communicating and the need to travel around. So that first settlement doesn't necessarily mean anything to me per se. Uh, But then there was a trial, and trials have to mean something. And trials have to mean something because they are the final arbiter of whether or not someone is legally responsible. Guilty or not guilty, that's important. But as we know, 
the Michael Jackson trial resulted in a not guilty verdict, uh, which means that there was not enough evidence, according to the jury, to find that he had actually assaulted the child in that case. Now, a lot of things came up that people really did not like, really disturbing um, at that during that time period. Uh, but I guess some of the other interesting things were Michael Jackson doing that horrible Martin Bashir interview where he said things like, there's nothing more loving than sharing your bed. Like, what the heck, Michael? What is wrong with you? And while he may have meant nothing sexual about it, and I think he gave off the impression that he didn't mean anything sexual about it, it it's creepy. And it's creepy because adults sharing beds with children is just not something that we like. And obviously, as a parent, I don't care how famous you are, I don't care how innocent I think you are, or how innocent this whole thing seems... I'm not going to be in a situation where I say that it's a good idea for my child to be sleeping in a bed with an adult, period. Now, that being said, this whole Michael Jackson thing is interesting because the man has been dead for 10 years. Um, I know that because my kids, I mean, clearly know the anniversary like it was devastating to all of us. But, you know, you think that they had grown up with him um, when he passed away and they were very young. Um but it was devastating, his death, to, to many of us and, I mean, to his children and what they had to lose. But the fact that 10 years later there's this documentary where people who had previously, some of whom said that nothing happened and that Michael did not harm him, they went under oath from that, they, they gave depositions or, or testimony to that effect, are now saying, oh, well, no, it's not true, I was abused. Or parents saying that he paid me or that he gave me money. I didn't see the documentary yet. So I have no opinion based on the documentary or its validity. I have no opinion on the validity of the testimony given the, the talks given by the people who are alleged to be victims. This is not at all. It's not at all um, to say anything about their honesty, their forthrightness, anything. Because I literally have not seen a single second of it. But it's a curious case because sexual assault of children, sexual abuse of children is such a horrific thing. It's a horrible thing in society. It's something that we'd hope to eradicate. But there is this underlying underbelly of these particular cases where there is, well, there's a weird case where parents have put them, their children in the orbit of someone and allow their children to sleep over with someone who they essentially don't know. I mean, someone who they who know because of his fame or, you know, and especially curious is that there was someone who had rumors dogging him for a number of years that he was involved um, in pedophilia for you to allow your child to go there just because you don't believe it. I mean, it, it just strikes me as crazy. It's crazy talk. Um, the other interesting thing is that one of the people that um, came out and supported Michael Jackson, which I found interesting, was Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman has made no bones about the sexual abuse and drug abuse in Hollywood, especially towards young children. I think he has been a very brave advocate talking about not only what happened to him, but what happened to other youngsters. And he has... Um, you know, not made any excuses. He's named names. I mean, he's been the epitome of someone who's fighting to get his life back after all of the horrible things he experienced in the industry in a way that is very authentic and true. And he came out in support of Michael Jackson. Now, why is that interesting? And why is that important? Well, first and foremost, um, the fact that you have been a victim does not mean that you are always going to be a truth teller. So I'm not saying that because Corey has been a victim and he's now the authority on whether Michael did or did not knew it. But he did offer some evidence in that time period where he was spending a lot of time in Michael Jackson's orbit and, and sleeping in the bed and doing all those sort of things and being around him a lot of kids. And he said that Michael never made 
made any moves on him or any other children that he knows of, and that in fact he is still in contact with a number of the other now adults who were very close to Michael and in Michael's orbit, and they all um, say that they were not abused, they were not uh, sexually violated in any way, and they were not approached in that way at all. Uh, so it could be good evidence as well. Now, does that mean that just because he didn't pick Corey or the people that Corey knows that he didn't do any of these things? No, of course not. I mean, you know, victims don't, yeah, vic, you know, victims are profiled for specific reasons and victimizers don't choose to victimize every person they see. So that does not mean that he absolutely didn't do it. It is, however, possible character evidence and possible um reason to believe that you know there is another side of the story and why do I say that it's important because Michael Jackson as I said has been dead for 10 years when he was alive he denied all the allegations when he went to trial he was found not guilty of all the allegations and so yes I do want to use character evidence from someone else to um, give some of his side at this point because there isn't a one there to speak on his behalf and these may be helpful but again it's curious because who lets their child sleep in the bed with a grown man particularly one who's not their family member, um, and they don't know. So, wow, interesting. Um, another interesting case that I found out about, ah, I guess we should take a break, but let's keep going. <laughs> another interesting case that I read about that I think is really important for us to look at has to do with a sexual assault case that happened in Alaska. There was a native Alaskan woman who was looking for a ride at a gas station in 2017, and Justin Schneider approached her and basically introduced himself as Dan and said that he knew the woman. And, and you know, she was looking for a ride, and I'm assuming it's cold. I mean, I've been to Alaska. Even in the summer, there were ice caps. Um, she um, accepted the ride. Schneider drove her away, pulled her off to the side of the road, and told her to get out the car because he had to load some things in the car, which she did. Shortly after she exited the vehicle, this man tackled her down to the ground, told her he'd kill her if she screamed, strangled her till she was unconscious, and then masturbated on her. That's right. He choked her almost to death and masturbated on it on her. Now, this is where it gets even weirder because it's already weird enough. But after she regains consciousness, she wakes up and he hands her a tissue. So that she could wipe his semen off of her. Uh, yeah. Disgusting. But according <laughs> according to a police detective, Brett Sarber, and S-A-R-B-E-R, yes, I'm saying your name because this sounds ridiculous. He told the woman that he wasn't really going to kill her. He just needed her to believe he was going to kill her and believe she was going to die so that he can be sexually fulfilled. Now, here's the deal. In my world, that's still attempted murder because you put someone in reasonable fear for their life. They feared for their life. The fact that you were like, well, I was joking, psych, jokesies. I wasn't going to kill you. It just feels better to jack off when you think I'm going, you're going to die. Um, what part of the game is that? That's crazy part. That's the crazy part. So it's disgusting. It's nasty. He pled guilty. And you know what he got? That's right. No jail time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Four felony counts, including kidnapping, assaulting, harassment, and offensive contact with fluids. Um, yeah. So he kidnaps a woman, strangles her until she's unconscious, masturbates on her, and gets no jail time. But... 
Here's the, the Killinger. The judge was an Anchorage Superior Court judge, Michael Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, because Judge Corey needs to be called out for who he is, um, basically said, I'm going to give you two years, but it's a year suspended, a year suspended, so you don't have to do it, and a year credit for the year he served under house arrest. That's right, he served house arrest while this case was going on. Now, first of all, house arrest does not ordinarily count as jail time, so okay, Judge Corey. But on top of that, the other year, he doesn't have to do it. As long as he, you know, stays good, don't do anything wrong. And the judge gave him a stern talking to. I mean, stern. He looked him right in the eye and said, this can never happen again. You think? You think? I mean, really? Oh, but then there was an assistant district attorney, Andrew Granick, G-R-A-N-N-I-K. He said, I would like the gentleman to be on notice that he, that this is his one pass. First off, he's no gentleman. Okay. Secondly, one pass, you get one pass to choke, (sighs) choke me out, choke me out and see if you get a pass. All right. When I wake up, see if I don't wake up swinging. This fool, I mean, district attorney, assistant district attorney, who would not have a job if I was in charge, said that Schneider losing his job as an aircraft traffic controller over the charges is already a life sentence. Oh, it's a life sentence. So this poor native woman gets to wake up every day of her life remembering how someone that she tried to trust um, choked her to the point of unconsciousness. She felt her life slipping from her only to wake up and find that he had sexually gratified itself on her. But he didn't spend one single day in jail. He got to stay at home with all of his stuff and watch TV and everything until he gets another year to just stay out of trouble so we can all pretend this went away. Um, Because after all, he lost his job, so he suffered enough. Uh, Is that crazy? Yeah, I think we all agree that's crazy. So this is an example of when the justice system gets it horribly, horribly wrong. And this is why... There are so many people who are angry, um, just how things go. Uh, (laughs) This man actually had a really polite exchange with the judge where he says, I'd just like to emphasize how grateful I am for this process. It's given me a year to really work on myself and become a better person and a better husband and better father. father. I'm, I'm eager. I'm eager to continue that journey. Um, who's your wife? (laughs) Ladies. I admit that I'm not married. I'm not married. So I just wonder if my husband had done something like that. Would I feel comfortable leaving him in the house with me and our children? Would I want to work on the marriage while there are children in the house? I mean, he had a process. No mention of the victim. No mention of her trauma. No mention of thinking she was going to die and him wanting her to think she was going to die. Um, yeah. Crazy. Now, the good news and update on this is that Judge Corey was voted out by the people of Alaska in November 2018. It is the first time an Alaska judge was removed from the bench due to public outcry. Yay. Thank God. Thank God. This is is the absolute time where a judge should be 100% moved for a cause and out of the bench and not doing this kind of thing. And the fact that it took the media and outcry and people getting upset to make this happen... I mean, it's it's just, it's irresponsible. It was awful and, wow, crazy. Now, 
I can't get through a week like this talking about odd sexual assault cases without revisiting Robert Ara Kelly. That's right, Ara. Ara. I know some people say his name like that. It just amuses me. Ara Kelly. So, Kelly, the trapped in the closet singer, the ignition singer, the step in the name of love maybe he should have stepped his behind out of the spotlight and out of chicago before he ends up stepping his way back into prison blues <laughs> he bet maybe he should have pressed the ignition and driven himself away from these young girls so r kelly is uh the other big sexual assault discussions of the week um because as i'm sitting here he had been arrested um, for new charges. Obviously, he had that case years ago that took forever, and um, he was found not guilty of that case. I mean, there was a videotape floating around, but okay, jury found him not guilty, blamed his brother, whatever's going on. But now he's accused of having sexual intercourse with multiple young girls. But not only is he accused of having the intercourse with the girls, he's accused of taping it. Now, the taping of it is so unusual and ridiculous because in the case where he was actually accused of this years ago and he actually went through a trial years ago there was videotape presumably videotape that he took and in these videotapes I mean after being charged one time and risking my whole life I don't think well I wouldn't have done it in the first place I wouldn't have done it again and I sure as heck don't see myself as the type who would continue to videotape it thereby providing the possible evidence needed to convict me and now after that documentary which was disturbing did anyone see that documentary i mean that r kelly documentary was like very disturbing i watched all six episodes with like bated breath and listened and it was just disturbing i mean keeping women captive you know allegations he's brainwashing them one you know withholding food forcing girls as young as 13 or 14 to have sex with him recording it um saying things like you know you're a 14 year old blah 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 like he like acknowledging he knew their age um which is interesting because i remember years ago um both dave chappelle and the boondocks did uh discussions about r kelly and you know kind of jokes about it that were funny but not funny like they were take a humorous take but they were very much about the ridiculousness of um this man getting away with these things and people not doing anything about it and what i remember clearly is one that was like well what does it take to believe like i have to have him on camera um with his id like the id of the person like a birth certificate saying that she is underage uh you know with the raised seal and his id while he's singing um uh, you know one of his popular songs and like it was just like the level it would take to believe that he had committed this was just ridiculous and it, and and i mean the fact that you continue to videotape and not only videotape but like during your sexual encounters make reference to the child's youth um it's just, I mean, almost unbelievable, but not unbelievable, not unbelievable at all, because these things have been going on. These rumors have been going around for years. Um, and whether or not we want to talk about Aaliyah, he apparently was married to Aaliyah, who was a child. And we all knew that she was a child. Um, I knew that she was a child when she first came out. She was younger than me. I remember thinking, wow, you know, she's young and she's so, 
<sighs> it's it's very frustrating. Uh, but it's also frustrating because as we realize sexual assault and women, children, um, continues to go on and the cases become more and more bizarre and people are willing to do more and more disgusting, unusual and crazy things um, in furtherance of these um, fetishes and these desires to have a sexual contact with people who either cannot consent or are too young to consent, should not consent. And I don't know what's going to happen to it, but I am going to be following along. Obviously, the case um, of the poor woman who was masturbated on and choked, um, that judge is gone. Um, but as it relates to Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson is gone. So I don't know how far this will go. But R. Kelly, there will be more to come because this case and possibly others are moving forward. So again, for this episode of Jonesing for Justice... I am Jackie Jones, and I want to hear from you. Thanks. Are you looking for a good family law attorney? Well, look no further. Jones & Associates Law PC, located in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, right across from the historic media courthouse, is the place for you. We handle all sorts of family matters, from divorce, custody, child support, spouse support, even adoption. So give us a call at 610-874-1900, where we can help. 610-874-1900.